In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, we referred to this a few weeks ago when we were talking about family, but I'm going to return to it. Genesis 1, 27, so God created man in his own image. In whose image? God's image, his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Be fruitful, multiply, and what? Fill the earth. So keep, keep track of these two things, that man was created in God's image, so man is an image bearer of God, and that God said, fill the earth. Then we know about the great flood came, and mankind was destroyed except for Adam and his family, not Adam, Noah and his family. They uh, weathered the storm, came to, came to land on Mount Ararat, as you know the story goes. And in Genesis chapter 9, verse number 1, it said, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The exact same thing he told to Adam and to Eve, he told to Noah and his sons when the ark had come to rest. Be fruitful, be be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and do what? Fill the earth. Now, we're talking about image bearers. Noah and his family, they were image bearers of God as well. And God has told man repeatedly, fill the earth. With what? With his glory. Psalm 72, 19. Psalm 72, 19 says, And blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Let the whole earth be filled with what? His glory. Whose glory? God's glory. It doesn't say, let the earth be filled with our glory, let the earth be filled with our deeds and our wonderful things. It says, let it be filled with his glory. So back to Genesis. He said, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. After the flood, he tells Noah and his sons, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Psalms says that let the whole earth be filled with his glory. God has a plan, and God has a purpose for man. And that plan, part of that plan is to fill the earth. And part of that plan is to fill the earth with his glory. So we want to look at Genesis chapter 11. You might be familiar with the story of the Tower of Babel. Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse number 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. How many languages existed? One. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us, make, let, us, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And then they said, verse number four, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So let's look at this this set of verses and see what's going on here because we're going to see God's response to their situation. But before we look at God's response, let's look at actually what's going on here. We read that God told Adam and Eve, God told Noah and his sons, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Do what? Fill the? He told them to fill the earth. Now in this set of verses, we see a couple of things about this group of people who decided to settle. In verse 3, it said, uh, they said, we will make bricks. 
And it went on to say in verse 4, we will build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches heaven. We will make bricks. In other words, God may have a plan, but we have another plan, and that plan is to make some bricks. We're going to use our own ingenuity. We're going to use our own creativity, our own cleverness. God did not instruct them to do any of these things. They're just doing it on their own. So they begin to make bricks. Then they said, after we make these bricks, you know what we're going to do? We're going to build us a city. Not only are we going to build a city, but we're going to build a tower. And it's going to be an incredible tower. It'll be a tower that will be the envy of peoples everywhere. It will be a tower the likes of which the world has not seen. It will be a tower that will bring glory and honor to us because we will make a name for ourselves. We will make ourselves famous. And so they have a plan, and that plan is at odds with God's plan. They decide they're going to build this city, and they decide they're going to build this tower. Who's doing the building? Who's doing the building? They are. It's their own might, their own strength, their own power, their own ability. They're going to do this thing. So let's not read casually over these scriptures and think we understand what's going on if we don't. Because what's happening is these people are rejecting God's plan and God's purpose. There's a song by a well-known singer of the past, I Did It My Way. And that's what, that's, that must be the, on, their, on their playlist. I did it my way. The problem with doing it our own way ends up with issues that maybe we can't foresee. So their plan, again, make bricks out of their own ingenuity, build their own city, build a tower that reaches the heavens. And in verse number four, it also says, we will make a name for ourselves. Now, let's go back to Psalm 72, where it said, let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Whose glory? His glory, God's glory. But they decide we're going to make a name for us. God who? That God's God's glory be spread throughout the earth? Nah. Let our glory be spread throughout the earth. Let people know who we are. That's the great city of. And those people are those people. Another translation says that instead of making a name for ourselves, it says uh, we're going to make ourselves, we're going to make us famous. Now, if our children talk to us like that, we would call that selfish, self-centered. And so that's exactly what these people are like. They're totally and completely focusing on themselves. It's us. It's our effort. It's our works. It's our strength. It's our ability. That's going to produce this city and this tower so people will say, what an amazing group of people. So let's get the picture here of what's going on. That caused me to think of Romans chapter 1, where it says that although they knew God, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. And then it goes on to say in Romans chapter 1, that they began to worship the creature or the creation more than the creator. And there's nothing new here. This is what man is often like without God in his life. Man begins to to scheme and plot and think of all the things that are going to do him good. That That is one reason why some of these video outlets, these these streaming outlets, people create their own 
channels. They create their own ability to be seen. They create videos, and then they try to monetize them. People are out to make themselves famous. Many years ago, there was a show called American Idol, and we know, if you know the show, it was about people striving to be the winner in this contest so that they can be a recording artist and potentially be famous. I think it's interesting that the name of the show was American Idol, I-D-O-L, <laughs> because it was about becoming an idol, an idol to the masses or an idol to yourself. I'm my own idol. <laughs> That's called self-worship, and there are people who engage in that. But for most famous people, there are some people who have been decent people who have become famous and they've just gone shipwrecked. Because they believe the press, and they believe the headlines, and they believe the tabloids. <laughs> and that's a hard way to live, because when it all goes south, what do you have except your name that just went down the drain? And I think that's why some celebrities go from one situation where they were popular, and now they're no longer popular, so then they get extreme. And I could name names here, but I won't, but they get extreme. They go really, really out there, because they'll still get attention from somebody that way. But God never created us for drawing attention to ourselves. God never created us to be focused on us. God created us to be focused on Him. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Fill the earth with what? His glory. We're image bearers of, the, of God Himself. And where we go, we, we take His image. And we should be filling the earth with His glory. That was God's plan then, and it's His plan even now. So again, Romans, they did not, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. They did not glorify him. So their plan, their purpose was at odds with God's plan and purpose. They heaped praise upon the works of their own hands and what they had done. Now let me take a side journey here. I don't think there's anything wrong with telling somebody, hey, job well done, good job. Patting someone on the back, man, you did, you did really well there. I mean, I really like that thing you made. I really like that song you sung. I really. <laughs> it's, when it's, it's excessive that it becomes problematic. And on my job, there are situations where I feel like the system is set up just to constantly praise people. Constantly praise people. I felt like the cowardly lion when I did that. Constantly praise people. Anyway, so constantly praise people. And so there was a situation at my school the other day. There was a lockdown. And uh, I'll just say things could have gone better than they did. And it was all done and it was determined that there was no threat. A person came on the intercom and said to the entire school, students, what a great job you did. Teachers, what a great job you did. And I'm thinking, were you out and about? Because it wasn't great. There were some things that went really bad. Good thing, it wasn't, good thing it wasn't real. But again, this constant praise. Constant praise. You're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. But that's not what God is asking us to do. We're supposed to be exalting him, glorifying him, and always saying all we do. So these people are heaping praise themselves. Come on, they have a plan. They actually begin the process. They begin making the bricks. They begin building the structure. 
So God has a response to it, and let's continue in verse number 5 of Genesis chapter 11. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, this people are one, and they have one language. Or we could say it this way. They, these people are united, and they have a common language. And this is what they begin to do. Hmm. Now, nothing they propose to do will be withheld for them, or nothing will be impossible to them. So let's understand what's going on here. We have a people who have rejected God's plan and purpose. They're doing life their own way. They're getting by on their own ingenuity, their own strength. They're heaping praises on themselves. God comes down to check it out, says, wow, look at this. Look at this city. Look at this tower. These people are united. They have a common language. Nothing is going to be impossible to them. Now, let's think about that. Even though they're off track and off target, God recognizes the unity and the common language is powerful and that they'll be able to accomplish whatever they want to. But because they're out of his will and his plan, he decides to take action. In verse number seven, come, let us go down there Confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. Let us go down and confuse their language. So now we had one language, but now we have many languages. The inability now to communicate has hampered their efforts to be in unity. We go on to verse number 8, and it says, So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. They were out of the plan and purpose of God. They were doing their own thing. So he confused their languages, confounded their languages. Multiple languages emerge in that moment of time, and God scatters them as well. Okay, where's the, where's the, what's the lesson in there for us? So you might uh, be familiar with the verse, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So what's the lesson for you and for me? The lesson is, or the, or the question is, uh, who's building your house? Whose plans are you pursuing? What purpose are you, uh, using to, are you engaging this, this plan with? What's, what, what's the end game here? What are you trying to accomplish through all of this? Is it to bring attention to you? Or is to glorify God through what you're doing and what you're saying. In the New Testament, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do and whatever you say, do all to the glory of God. How much of it? All. He doesn't say do a little bit for God and then the rest is for you. No, I'm not going to act like, hey, you know what? 100%. All the time, me, me and God right there. Because I didn't live the life like you did. And there's sometimes I'm thinking, I'm thinking about me. Isn't that terrible? I'm just thinking about me. But there's a spirit of God who lives on the inside of me. And he says, uh, like I told you before, he always speaks to me the same way. Uh, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and it doesn't take much anymore to get my attention. I don't, I'm not, not hard-headed. I may have been at one time, but I'm not hard-headed anymore. Okay, all right, yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm looking to act like I'm, I'm the show looking like tack, like I'm the guy who everybody should be paying attention to. You're right. It should be you. 
And so our attention should be given to him. So unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. So now that is the power of unity that is seen in that story. One language, one purpose, they're united, they're going for it. And God said nothing will be impossible to them. Now, what's the opposite of that for us? Come on, think about it. If we're united, if we have a common language and a common purpose, and we're in the will of God, what will be impossible to us? If the sinner, the heathen, the person who doesn't serve God, God recognizes the power in unity and the power in purpose, then the church needs to wake up and see that same thing. There's power in unity, and there's power in purpose. There's power in unity, and there's power in purpose. And as I was speaking on about family for the last many weeks on Saturdays, so I'll just, I'll just tie that in here as well. Come on. Come on, families, wake up. If you, if there, there's power in unity and there's power in purpose. A family that's unified and purposeful in what they're doing, you're going to be a force to reckon with. And if you're in God's will, you're going to be an amazing force to reckon with. You're going to be, you're going to be uh, uh, shaking, shaking up the walls of hell. And people see that family coming, your family coming, uh-oh. Oh man, there the mom prays, the dad prays, the kids pray. Uh-oh. And some people are gonna watch you around because you're that family. And other people are gonna, you know, oh, they're that family. But when you're in the when you're in the will of God, come on. There's nothing wrong with being that family. Glorifying God in all you say and all you do. Hallelujah. So then we want to turn to what what what's the church? What should the church be doing? Well, the church should be doing the opposite of what the people of Babel were doing. Completely different. So you might remember in uh, the end of um, Mark, Mark 16, the Great Commission, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Jesus speaking, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then in verse number 20, it says, and they went out and preached everywhere. And they went out and preached everywhere. Then in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, Jesus speaking again, in Jerusalem, in Judea, and watch this, to the end of the earth. So in the New Testament, we have this idea of spreading the image of God throughout the earth again. Now the Messiah has come, and Jesus said, you'll be witnesses of me. You're going to be making me famous. The church is supposed to be making Jesus famous. The church that doesn't preach Jesus, I wonder if it's a church. And as I tell the people who sing from time to time, I like that song. I like a nice guitar riff. I love a great drum line. Because I do. But I need a song with the name of Jesus in there. If every song never mentions Jesus, I'm concerned. If there's a nice uh, uh, throwing out a little God in there, I'm not opposed to God, but who is God to the the masses? But man, you throw the name of Jesus in there, well, that focuses attention really quick. Who are we talking about? God's Son, the one and only, the Savior of the world. There's none like Him. You can, talk about with, uh, you can talk about God with lots of people if you never notice that. Because God is fairly generic. But drop the name of Jesus and see what happens. You'll know if people are with you or not. Drop the name of Jesus and see. 
<laughs> you'll know. That name will either be offensive to people or that name will turn heads and say, you too? I knew there, you ever had that happen to you? I knew there was something different about you. I'm a believer too. You start talking. So it will, either it will offend or it will cause people to be drawn near. So he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. They went out and preached. And he said, you'll be my witnesses to the end of the earth. Fill the entire world. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. With what? The name of Jesus. He said, preach the gospel. And now, just again, just so you know, the gospel is all about Jesus. In fact, other places, it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fill the earth. Make Jesus famous. So rather than making ourselves famous, rather than making a name for ourselves, we've already been given a name. You guys missed that. Rather than making a name for ourselves, we've already been given a name. The name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We've been given a name. We're not trying to make our name great. We're trying to preach the greatness of the name we've already received. And that people would say, I want to know more about that name. He did what? He gave what? I have what? What about my sins? You're kidding me. No, it's not a joke. And so we share the, we share the name of Jesus with people. And so where we had a group of people that was once united and they were, ended up being divided by God, we now will see that, that we had a people who were divided, but now they're going to be united. Because at, after the, um, he, said, he said to uh, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, they waited. And in Acts chapter 2, in verse number 1, it says, The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. One accord. They were all together. Not just physically, but they were all together in their expectation. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them what looked like flames or tongues of fire and set, that settled on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, and we're confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Come on, Jesus said, wait for the promise. What did the promise do? The promise took a people who were divided and now caused them to be united. How were they united? They were united by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell. Flames of fire rested on each one. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the ability or gave them utterance. And this united that body of people like no human beings were ever united before. And the Spirit of God is still at work uniting people in the body of Christ. There's no reason that this body or any other church body cannot huddle up, get together, and say, we're one in the Spirit. We're one in the Spirit. We don't try to manufacture our unity. There's a Spirit, God's Spirit, working on the inside of us working his will on the inside of us, transforming our hearts. Why? Because then as we transform our hearts, our brothers and sisters become true brothers and sisters. Not that guy that sits over in the third row over there, the woman sits in the back. That we become people who we know brothers and sisters, and we begin to have an affection for them. Not the wrong kind of affection, but a godly kind of affection. And so these men and women were commissioned to preach the gospel throughout the world. They had a common goal to advance God's kingdom on the earth, not just anywhere in the earth, but throughout the earth. 
They were to preach the gospel. They were to make Jesus famous. And though they were once divided by human language, they were now united by the language of the Spirit of God. And so I'm going to close with this in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthily of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with longsuffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. The what? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. The unity of what? Okay, so we're talking about the unity of the Spirit here, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, in the bond of peace. There is one body. How many bodies? One Spirit. How many spirits? Just as you were called to one hope. How many hopes? And there's one Lord. How many lords? One faith, one baptism, one God and Father. Come on, he talks about this oneness that's supposed to be a result of the Holy Spirit's action and work on the inside of each one of us.